friends, family, brothers and sisters, boys and girls of all ages. Thanks for coming tonight. You know, I love you guys and You know, I look at the world and I look at a lot of people that I know, man, and I'm so bummed because, you know, for some reason I get to know Jesus, man, in such a real and radical way, and I'm happy. I get to live a wonderful and joyful life, not stressing, not worrying, but being truly satisfied in each day, not front master Christian smile like, hey, uh, everything's good, God bless you, no. I'm talking about the real thing. Those of you who know me, you know that like my life, I just feel like it's just so sweet. I just feel like I have everything that I could want. I feel like I've been given so much that I don't deserve. And I think of my brother and I think of my, some of my friends who are bitten ripped off by the enemy. I experience this joy and happiness and peace every single day of my life. I've been experiencing this awesome just joy and I I complain all the time and each day that I just want so bad for you guys. I want it to be like it was in Mexico so bad. I want to just pray hours upon hours with you guys about people and things in life and needs, whatever's going on. I want to get on my face with you. I want to lay my hands on you. I want to hug you guys and love on you guys. I want to be with you guys all the time. I, I, I hate the fact that we only get to meet once a week, you know? I hate the church is only once a week. I wish it was every day. I wish it was all day, every day. That was so cool. In Mexico, that was my job. Just to love on Jesus, man, and just to hang out with Him and talk about Him and pray for one another and encourage one another. Break bread together, take communion and, and fellowship and just love on people. It was sweet. And that's, I believe it could be that today, too, that everywhere that we go, everything that we do is just Jesus. Where this is a place for you guys to come and to be refreshed. To walk away blessed, but that it doesn't stop here, that it goes off. And that everywhere that you go, and that's why I'm going to try to start meeting with some of the brothers, you know, just like, I don't know, three times a week, that's what I'd love to. And just sit down and just have church, you know, three, four nights a week. I like that every single week there'd be an opportunity. Anybody who wants to have church any night of the week, it's there. And we just sit down and talk about Jesus and worship Him, spend time with Him. That's the way it should be. And I, I, I hope that, and I pray that my King, Lord, that you would step in. Because having Jesus every day is not a bummer. And you know what? Sometimes church is, like when you think, what are you doing on Sunday? I'm going to church. Oh. It's not like, yeah, we're going to church on Sunday, man. I can't wait to praise the Lord and spend time with the King. I can't, man, I just can't wait to hear what they got to say on Sunday morning. I'm going to be blessed and walk away just amped up and stoked on the King. I knew that every single time my shepherd in the desert spoke, that we were, us guys were just glued and just like, 
Give it to us, John. We're ready, man. We can't wait to hear what you've got to say. Boys, we're going to pray for the next two hours. In the beginning, it was like, oh, gosh. I don't want to pray. I want to go spend time with the king by myself. I don't want to pray with the brothers. That's lame. I've got to listen to them pray and listen to them do this. I don't want it. No. And praying in groups is always weird and awkward in church. But now it's become the passion of my life and I desire it so much. That me and you, that we would fight together against the enemy, that we get on our face and things that you're going through, Vincent, we get on our face and pray about it until it comes to pass. That if there's a problem or situation going on, that we could lift it up. That if there's people who are hurting and suffering, we could lift it up. That if there's problems going on, we could lift it up to the King together. Prayer. And I want to talk about prayer tonight. I want to talk about what this thing of prayer is. Because, man, it's a whole new thing within my eyes. It's a whole new thing that I've seen. And you know what? I've been going, you know, I've been involved in the church for like seven years and the church I go to. And prayer meetings are lame. It's the same cliche as prayer over and over and over. No offense. I mean, God hears those prayers and things happen. I'm, I know that He's a gracious God. But I, me, myself, too, I do that. But I'm talking about some passionate prayer where we long to get on our face like the apostles did in the Old Testament. and I mean, in the New Testament. And the, the prophets did in the Old Testament. Where they talked to God and spent time with Him. Man. I think, of, I think of John when I was in the desert. He said one time, he said, you know, brothers, so much would I rather have had more time spent in prayer than I would in reading my Bible and, 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 and studying. For he has so many hours logged in study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So many hours logged in that. So many hours logged in the book, in the letter, but no hours logged with the author, the one who created it, the one who wrote it down, his words. Just go and talk to him and spend time with him. And how we long to change that weight where he did have more hours logged in prayer than in the word. Because, friend, we need to pray. Lord, I ask that you would meet us here. Speak to our hearts. Jesus, we can't do anything apart from you. We can't even hear apart from you. So please help us. Give us ears to hear. Give us hearts to receive. Give me words to say. I don't know what to say. But you do. And I trust you. And I know you'll pull through. Thank you, King. Bless this time in Jesus' name. Having more hours logged in the Word than in prayer. Is that a bummer? I don't know if it's a bummer. I guess John calls himself a Pharisee. And we call these other Pharisees out there in the desert because we knew the Word more than we spent time with the Creator. But I ask you this question. Can you read the Bible and get anything out of it without praying? We must pray to get something out of here. Without prayer you get nothing. But can you get something just through prayer and without this? I believe so. Prayer is everything. The Bible is everything. There needs to be a balance. 
But we spend a lot of time in devotion and no time in with the King, with the one who created this word. Adam, I love Adam. Why? Look at Adam in the garden. Did God create Adam? Let me form Adam. And then right next to him is a little book. No. He formed Adam and that was it. It was just him and Jesus just walking in the garden, talking together, hanging out, spending time together, praying, talking with the king. The Old Testament prophets, what did they have? Did Moses have anything? No, he wrote the Pentateuch. He wrote the first five books of the Bible. He didn't have anything either. All he knew was God. All he did was talk with the king. You look at Abraham, the friend of God, had nothing but Jesus himself. And I don't by any means want to dumb down or dog down the Bible. No way. If you're getting that, you're missing it. I'm trying to emphasize on prayer that you would see the importance of it. That you would want to spend time with the King. What were you created to do? To spend time with Jesus. What was Adam created to do? Form Adam in the garden. Hang out with God. That's what he was created for. May we fulfill what we were created to do that we would spend hours with Jesus, that we would know Him really in a personal way. Do you know Him? Do you know Him? Do you know Him? I talk about this so much because this is a thing that hit me in the desert. Did I know God? I felt like I didn't even know Him because I knew my brothers who had only known for two months. I knew them better than I knew Jesus Christ Himself. And I've been hanging out with Jesus supposedly for seven years hardcore, but I don't even know my king, and I know these brothers more than I know him. I've only known him for two months. What's the deal here? Prayer, communication, talking with God, spending time with him. Oh, that I long that you guys and me too, that we would know the Lord in an intimate way, that it would be a joy to get on our face. It would be a joy. I think that's what the enemy's done. He's ripped us off, friends. It's a bummer to get in groups and pray together. And that might be the most powerful thing we could ever do. Hey guys, I think we feel, I think I feel the need. I think I feel the Lord speaking to me. I think we need to pray right now. Gosh, I don't want to do that. Let's go to the movies or something. Let's talk about Whatever. But why have we been ripped off? Why do we see something different? Why don't we see like the apostles? You know how many days they spent in the upper room waiting for the Holy Spirit? Ten days they prayed. Ten days. They were on their face waiting for the Holy Spirit to come and fill them. And gosh, I desire that we would pray. And so that's what I want to share with you tonight. So open to Luke chapter 11. Prayer is the secret to life. Don't you understand? Prayer is the most easy thing you could ever do in life, but for some reason seems to be the most difficult thing to accomplish in life. Hours in prayer. Time in prayer. Time with Jesus. The way I like to do it, my favorite way, is to take walks with Jesus. I love to. I love to go down the street, that's right, and look up at the sky and start talking to the king. That's what I like to do. Now, that may not be for you, but that's what works for me. I love walking and talking with Jesus because it's reality to me. It feels real. 
when I close my eyes and get on my face, that also can be real sometimes, but I love opening my eyes and looking up and talking to the Lord and spending time with Him. I also love giving, getting on my knees out, out in the, up on a mountain somewhere or out on a rock, getting on my knees and, and lifting my hands to the Lord and praising Him and singing a worship song to Him and talking to Him and, 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 and spending time with Him and giving my needs and my problems and my issues and asking Him, Lord, what would you have me do today? Who would you have me speak to? What would you have me do about this situation? I love talking to the King. There's nothing better in life. And I pray that you would do the same and I want to teach you that tonight. But I want to look at prayer. You know that there's only one thing that the disciples asked Jesus to teach them. He didn't teach, ask them, Lord, teach us to preach the Word of God. Lord, teach us to communicate with people better. Teach us to bring in more people to the kingdom. Teach us to do this or teach us to do that. Teach us to prophesy. Teach us to speak in tongues. Teach us to whatever it may be, fill in the blank. They did not ask him anything but what? He said, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Jesus, teach us to pray tonight, my King, please. Teach us to pray, Lord. Teach us to pray. I need to know how to pray. Why did they ask him that? Why did they ask the King that and they didn't ask him anything else? the one thing they asked to teach was to pray. Because this is why I believe. We see Jesus all the time going away, what? Into a solitary place to go and pray. What does it say? Mark, Mark 1. Mark one thirty-five. And in the morning, rising up a great while before the day, He went out and departed into a solitary place, and there He prayed. Jesus, rising up early in the morning. Mark one thirty-five. take a note. Early in the morning he went away to a solitary place and he spent time with the Father to be about his business in that day. Jesus, once again here in Luke chapter 11, what does it say? Let's read it together. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. And it came to pass that as he was praying, who? Jesus, in a certain place, when he stopped or when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. Do you see that, friend? Jesus was once again often praying. Why did they ask Him? You've got to ask the question, why did they ask Him to teach them to pray? Because they saw that that was the secret to Jesus' ministry. Remember when they go to cast out that demon? Some, some disciples go to cast out the demon and they couldn't do it. Why couldn't they do it? Because He says this only comes out by pray and prayer and fasting. The reason why Jesus was able to do the miracles that He did and do the amazing things is because He prayed, He spent time with the Father. You know that Jesus was a full human just like you and, and me? You know that He was fully God and fully human at the same time. And so He had to tap into the Father just in the same way that we tap into the Father. Do you understand that? The way that He said, be still to the sea, is the same way He spoke to the Father. The Father had given Him wisdom and understanding. Today, either I don't know how it happened, either the Lord gave Him wisdom right there, the Father, or either he was in time earlier, in prayer earlier that day and maybe the Lord spoke to him. Jesus, my son, a great wind is going to come and blow and a storm is going to start and he's to say, be still to it. Just in the same way, what did Moses do? He Remember he went and sought the Father and what happened? The Father gave him direction on what to do with Pharaoh and he went in and did those things. Maybe Jesus the same thing. He had to tap into the Father in the same way. 
teach us to pray. The reason why Jesus was able to do so many miracles and crazy things and amazing things, the reason he was the way that he was, is because he never sought fellowship with the Father. He was in prayer. And that was the secret to his ministry. That was the secret to his life. Friend, do you want a wonderful life? Then do what you were created to do. Pray. Lord, teach us to pray, he asks. Right here, and when he said to them, he teaches them to pray. What does he say? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. But lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Notice that for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever is not in there in this passage. It's found in Matthew chapter 6, verse 13 is where it starts. Take note of that. Another note I want you to, sh- want you to see is that Jesus here, he, they ask him to teach them to pray. To, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He mentions this, this prayer here two times. Once in Mark chapter 6, verse 13, and also in Luke chapter 11, okay? You see that? Now, notice two different times here. These are two different times, two completely different times. These are not the same thing in the same time period. One is in the beginning of Jesus' ministry on the Mount of Olives, I believe that is. And the second one is here when the disciples come to him and ask him, teach us to pray. So there's two times that it's mentioned that the Lord gives them the same prayer. Teach us to pray. Okay, I'll give you the same prayer that I said back two years ago. It was two years ago when he said this. Luke 11 is two years later from Matthew chapter 6. So two years later, Jesus says the same exact thing except for he makes it shorter. I love that. The prayer is shorter than the first one he prayed. The first prayer that he prays is 65 words long. The second prayer that he prays, that he teaches them to pray, same exact prayer except for he cuts off the end. And it's 62 words long. It's three words shorter. I wonder if the Lord's trying to teach us something there. It's not about the length of your prayer. It's not about how much you think you have to say. Remember he rebukes the Pharisee? Remember that? For standing on the corner and lifting his arms in the air and look at me, blah, 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 all my many words and this and that. Jesus says, this man over here who says, be merciful to me, a sinner, that short prayer, that was greater than this man, all that he said. And a lot of times when we get in prayer meetings, what do we do? Or a lot of times when we're in prayer, we think we've got to say a bunch of stuff. But you know what God says? I don't look at your words. I look at your heart. You know that God hears a murmur or a moan if you're hurting? Oh God, I don't know what to say. Search my heart, King. See what's going on inside. You know me. Help me. We don't need to be in great words. We don't need to be lengthy. And that's okay to be. Jesus' high priestly prayer, John chapter 17. That's really the Lord's prayer. That's the one that He prayed. This is more or less the disciples' prayer. We call it the Lord's prayer. But the Lord's Prayer is found in John chapter 17. And what does He do? Jesus doesn't fold His hands, bow His head, and close His eyes. What does He do? John chapter 17, you'll see. Let me turn there real quick and just read it to you. You can take note of it. John chapter 17, verse 1. 
these words Jesus spake and lifted his eyes to heaven. I love that. He lifted his eyes to heaven. O great and mighty King of the entire universe, I love opening my eyes and praying. Spending time with Jesus, letting it be a reality in my mind, in my heart, and in my soul. I know that you've all probably heard this prayer broken down a million times, and so I'm not going to break it down for you. But what I am going to do is just do a quick overview. I'm just going to say it, actually. And I would encourage you to memorize this prayer. Jesus talks about repetition and how it can be in vain repetition, and we don't want to get caught up in those kind of things. And it has become vain repetition for a lot of people. Did you know that? And maybe we point out the Catholic Church, which we're not going to dog them, no, not at all. There's many Christians in the same way that use this prayer at a funeral service or do whatever. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. It's like, come on. It says not in vain repetition. Vain repetition. Could repetition be good? Could us praying this prayer be something amazing? Something great, something blessed? One thing that John had us do when we were in the desert, that's right, he taught us this prayer. He said this is the best prayer you could ever pray. You want to know why? Because Jesus said this is the prayer to pray. But not in vain repetition, not where it's vain within your heart where you're just blah, 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 blah. No! But thinking about each thing that you're saying and giving it up to the King, you want to know why it's perfect? It's the best prayer you can pray because Jesus said it. It's straight up 100% Scripture. You can't miss out on this prayer. You can't mess up. It's perfect in every way. Our Father, acknowledging the King who He is. Which art in heaven, we know where He is and know what He can do. Hallowed be Thy name. We praise You for who You are and what You've done. What happens when you praise the King? You realize who He is and what He can take care of in your life. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Your kingdom come within my life, within this situation. Your will be done. The best, as one of my friends says, the best four words you could ever say, your will be done. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. I love saying, on earth as it is in heaven. On earth, right here, where me and you stand, as it is in heaven. Your will be done on earth in the same way it's going on in heaven, King. Bring the kingdom down here. I want to be experiencing heaven here on earth. You know the, the, the quote that I said to you before? May we live in such a way here on this earth that when we get to heaven, we don't even know we're there. May we live in such a way here on this earth that when we get to heaven, we don't even know we're there because we live in heaven here. Lord, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The same way it's going on in heaven, let's have a party here on earth, Lord. I want to walk with you. I want to spend time with you. I want to experience heaven here on earth. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. My needs, my king, please, give us this day our daily bread. I need you. I depend on you. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Forgive us, Lord. It melts your heart when you say that. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation. Please, Lord, keep us from evil. Deliver us from the evil one. He's the one who comes to attack, to kill, steal, and destroy. You know what I'm talking about. Look at your friends. 
Look at your family members who don't know the king or who are being ripped off by the king right now. I'm sick of it. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Let us, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us. For thine is the kingdom. I love this part. For thine is the kingdom. Yours is the kingdom. And the power and the glory forever. It's all yours, Jesus. It's none of mine. Not my kingdom. Not my power. Not my glory. But all of yours. You deserve it. You've been good to me. You deserve to be lifted up. Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. For thine, not mine. Thine. To give props to the king. And this is a great prayer. Why? You can say it in like 30 seconds. And it's the most right on prayer you could ever say. Why don't you quote it right before you go into work? Right before you're about to go to lunch? Right before you're about to have a meeting? Right before you're about to talk to somebody or encourage somebody or go to church or whatever it may be, problem, situation, trial, and tribulation? Why not quote it? Not vain repetition. Our Father, which art in... No! Our Father, my King, Jesus, which art in heaven, hallowed be your... Praise be to your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in this situation. On earth as it is in heaven, please, give us this day our daily bread. I trust you. You are my provider. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And so with that, this is the way that the king had taught them to pray. I want to look at a quick scripture. This is just a cool scripture that I think you can hide in your heart and maybe memorize. Psalms 55, verse 17, if you want to turn there real quick. I'm sorry, we'll start in verse 15 real there. It's just going to be a quick reference to it. But I love the heart of David. I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh, I love the heart of David. And talk about a man who prayed. Talk about a man who, with the man after God's own heart, of course, if you were after my heart, you better not be. But if you were, Dakota, I'm sure you'd want to spend time with me. I'm sure you would want to talk to me and hang out with me. Maybe you are. Amen. But a man after God's own heart is a man who talks with him, a man who chases after him. Do you chase God today, my friend? This is what we were created for and this is what we... I'm telling you, our souls long to be with Jesus Christ. I'm telling you. Ask yourself right now, how much time in prayer do I spend in each day? How much time? Just ask yourself. We don't, need, we don't need answers. And that is your relationship with God. A relationship, if you had a relationship with me, that's how much time you spend with me, right? How much time you talk with me, right? Your relationship with me is not how much you do for me, not how much you serve at my church or how much you do this or that. No, that's not a relationship. But if you're married and you had a wife and all you did is just do stuff to, for her and you never talk to her. All you do is do, 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 do. And that's your relationship. That's not a relationship. Or what if all you do is read stuff that she's written down you just read it, read it, read it, read it, read it. You can know her heart and you can understand her better by reading that. And that's why we read this. Amen? But to know the heart of God, we talk with Him, we spend time with Him, we hang out with Him. Do you know Him? He knows you. For He watches you and talks with you all day long. But whether or not you hear, it's up to you.
And David, the man after God's own heart, talked to the king every day. Your talking with the king doesn't have to be any set place or way. Just go and do it. Any place, anywhere. Talk to him. Sometimes when I'm in, a, sometimes when I'm in an argument with someone, I bust into straight up prayer anytime, anywhere, any place. I don't care. I need it. I need Jesus. If my boss is yelling at me, Lord, I'm not listening to my boss right now, which I should be, but I need you, King. If this is happening or that's happening, why not talk to the Lord all day long? You know what I'm talking about? Sweet fellowship with the King. You know what, on your lunch break, hey Lord, I'm going to go buy an ice cream and we're going for a walk. I'll buy one for you too. What, what flavor do you like? Vanilla, yeah, me too. Okay, I'll buy you vanilla. You walk with Jesus and talk with Him. David did, and this is what he says. Verse 15, Let death seize upon them and let them go down quick into hell. That word hell there is not meaning hell, damnation. It's meaning the grave, them dying. For wickedness, is in their dwelling and among them. He says, let them, these people who wander in the world, hey, let them die, man. Let them forget about whatever. For their wickedness is in their dwelling and among them. They're just full on wicked. And so, no, hey, die off. Let death come upon them. But as for me, David, the king of Israel, I will call upon God and the Lord shall save me. Oh, I love that. I will call upon the king and he will save me. Let's say that together. I will call upon the king and he will save me. One more time. I will call upon the king and he will save me. One more time. I will call upon the king and he will save me. And he will, my friend. I promise you. And we need to tell ourselves that, don't we? I do. Just like David, he writes it down. I will call upon the king and he will save me. I will call upon the Lord and he shall save me. And how much time is he going to call upon the Lord? Well, it's found right there in verse 17. What does it say? Evening and morning and noon will I pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. What a great passage. Evening and morning and noontime will I pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. I went to Bally's yesterday, and uh, I was sitting there at Bally's, and uh, me and Jay went, and he got me a one-day pass or whatever. I have a membership at Bally Fitness. I haven't worked out in like, I don't know, a good two months or so. And so I walk in there, and the, I got the one-day membership, you know, so I, I knew the Lord was going to do something crazy because I'm only going to be there for one day. So why am I only there for one day? Well, it's for some purpose. And of course it was. I ran into a buddy that I haven't seen in a while, in a long time. And guess what? I get to encourage him and talk about Jesus as we lift weights together. And I pray for him, wrap my arms around him and pray for him right there in the middle of that gym. And it wasn't weird. I could feel, I think he sensed, he felt a little uncomfortable at first, but then he said, you know what, this is Jesus stuff. This is the way it's supposed to be. That anywhere, any place, no matter what, if you're sitting there at work and you're pushing carts, you work at Stater Brothers, and one of your coworkers is having a problem, hey, let me pray for you real quick. Could that be all right? No, I don't want you to pray. Okay, I'll just pray over here, okay? I won't, I won't, you know. Prayer should be all day, every day. Just talk to the Lord. It's easy. 
Is this hard me talking to you right now? No, simple, easy. Talking to Jesus is wonderful and a blessing. I think the reason why we make it the hardest in life is because the enemy is jacking us up to make us think that within our minds. Because that's the most effective thing you could do within your life. Do you understand that? Prayer, talking with God. It's easy, it's simple. Watch this. Hey Lord, how's it going? Just talk to Him. Just talk to the King. It doesn't have to be in a certain position. or Lord come to you no you just talk to Jesus you just spend time with him you just hang out with him it's easy my yoke is easy my burden is light and so I want to share something with you just real quick as quickly as I possibly can But and I shared it with you guys a couple weeks ago but I want to just expound a little bit on it and it's praying through the tabernacle Praying for the tabernacle is one of the most amazing things I've ever gained. And I'm so blessed to have it. Because it helps me to pray, and I have something to pray about. When I don't know and I want to spend time with God, I don't know how. And so, and I don't know what to pray about, and I want to spend time with God, but I don't know what. And so in this, you could do this within ten minutes, or it could take you four hours. I'm dead serious. No problem. And so, I want to share this with you. What, it, what I call it the tabernacle, or what was shared with me, the tabernacle, is obviously where the priests would go in, and they'd stop, or eight different things would kind of happen when they'd walk into this tabernacle. And the tabernacle was obviously the place where they offered sacrifice unto the Lord. They offered incense and burnt offerings to Him. This was the, the dwelling place of God in the Old Testament, the tabernacle. And so I want you to write this down, please, if you have paper. If you don't, ask for the person next to you, because I want you to have this. I want you to stay locked in. This is extremely important. I know you'll walk away blessed with it, please. I know I have, and I know you will be, because you know what? There's going to be times when you come to yourself and say, you know what, I want to go hang out with Jesus for about an hour, but I don't know what to pray about, I don't know what to talk about. Well, here you go. You're going to be set, you're going to be ready to go. The tabernacle, the place where God dwelt. Jesus, it says, tabernacled among us, or dwelt among us. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. That word there is tabernacled. He tabernacled among us. God dwelt in the tabernacle, the Shekinah glory that dwelt within that place. The real presence of God. And you stepping into the presence of God, you stepping into the tabernacle will be the same for you, I promise. Hey, you will be refreshed, I promise you, after praying this. I... There is no doubt at 100% in my mind, me and my boss, we get to get on our face in the morning for a good 30 to 45 minutes and pray. And every single time we walk away high-fiving, praising the King because we're so stoked and lit up because we just spent some good time with Jesus and we got much accomplished. And I promise you, you too will walk away blessed. Because why? That's what you're created to do. Me too. Like Adam, you walk away blessed. Okay? So number one, Number one is thanksgiving. Psalms 100 verse 4. Psalms 100 verse 4. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. His gates, his tabernacle, his place. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. 
Friend, if you do not give thanks in your day, you will be a depressed man or woman. I promise you that. You will be a great and full man when you are a grateful man. You will be a great and full, great, feeling great, and a full person, full on the inside and on the outside, full to the max when you are a grateful person. Grateful when you are grateful, when you are thankful for what you have. And so during this time, a a quick note, count your blessings. Count them. During this time would be a time to thank God for everything you could possibly think of. Thank you for the air that I breathe. Lord, that feels good on my lungs when I breathe in. That's from you. Thank you for the wind blowing in my hair. Thank you for the sun shining down on me. Thank you for shoes. I can't believe I get to wear shoes. There's people over the world that don't. Thank you for a meal. I get to eat some good food this, at lunchtime. Thank you for ho-hos. Chinese food, I love it. The teriyaki sauce, the way it hits my mouth, I love that, Lord. That's a gift from you. Thank you for the car that you've given me. Look at my house. Look at the place I have to stay. Look at, gosh, look at my hair cut. <laughs> look at my beard. I love it, man. Thank you, Lord. There's a lot of guys on the face of the earth that wish they could grow it. They tell me that. And I'm like, well, I don't know. Thank you for a beard, Lord. Look at what I have. Look at what God has given me. Do you understand? You will be depressed in life if you're not thankful. I promise you. If you can't see the things that God has given you, you will be bummed out. If you're bummed out in your day, what do you get to do? Lord, look at what you've done for me. You get to go to heaven, my friend. For free dollars. Free dollars. That's no money. You don't have to pay a single cent. You've got to pay 48 bucks to get into Disneyland. That's lame. Heaven's a hundred times better than Disneyland. And we get to go there for free. Oh, you're good. And I'm thinking, oh, you'll be a great and full man. You'll be great inside and out and a full when you're grateful. Woman. Amen. Give thanks unto the Lord. He causes all things to work together for good. That's something to be thankful about, isn't it? There's lots of things, so figure that out, what that means for you, and do that. Give thanks unto God. I'm telling you, you could spend an hour giving thanks. One time John had us write down in our journals all the things that we were thankful for. He wrote down every single thing, every single thing we could think of. It was like just hundreds and hundreds of things. Just take you hours to write down all the little things. He said everything. Number two. Enter into his courts with praise. That lines up, of course, with Psalm 100 also, verse 4, but Psalm 22. God inhabits the praises of his people. Praise him for who he is. Praise, praise. A lot of times we get praise and thanksgiving mixed up. Praise and thanksgiving mixed up. We say, oh, I praise you, Lord, and I thank you for this. No, Praise is adoration unto God, realizing who He is. Like if you were to praise somebody, you'd praise them for their abilities and who they are and what they can do. Like you, I love, write these things down. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the great and mighty conqueror, my rock, my shelter, my shield, my protector, my provider. You see, when you praise God for who He is and give Him praise and adoration, like you're the... You're the one, the great warrior who defeats all. Praise be to you, King. What happens when you praise God for who He is, when you praise Him, your problems start to 
fade away in your mind. You want to know why? Because you see God for who He is and how big He is. That He is your rock. That He is your foundation for life. That nothing can shake you. You see that He is the one who takes care of all things. Your provider. You see that He's your shelter and your shield. Who can stand up against you? Who can... He, he fights all your battles for you. He's the great and mighty conqueror of the universe. Do you understand? So you praise Him during this time. Number two, to praise Him and adore Him. Truly. When you praise your boyfriend or your girlfriend, you, oh, you're so sweet, and you're so kind, and you're so wonderful. You're beautiful. You're awesome. In the same way we can say all those things to the King. And when we say them, I'm telling you, you walked away blessed. His courts with praise, number two. I'm telling you, when you praise the Lord, your bills and your problems just fade away. Number three, the brass altar. The brass altar. Sins were forgiven here, or sin offerings were given here, and sacrifice was made here. That's the purpose of this place, the brass altar. But what we can look at it as and what we can see it as is a great place that we can confess. Where we, a time to confess sin to the Lord. What's going on? Remember we talked about this last week with communion. A time to take communion maybe in this point with Jesus. It's a time when you confess. Why do you need to confess? Remember, confess homo legale. Remember to speak the same. It's to say the same thing. Agree, God... You know, I'm confessing to you not because you need to forgive me of this sin. You've already forgiven me. I'm confessing this sin so I can realize that it's wrong. So that I can realize that I'm jacking myself up when I do this. So that I can agree with you. Yeah, I agree, Lord. This is wrong. You've told me not to. The reason why you told me not to is because you don't want me to jack up my life. I agree. That's wrong. So next time you do it, that comes back to your mind and says, what? You know what? I don't want to do this. This is lame. This is wrong. This is messing me up. Do you understand what confess what confession means. And then number two, remember during this point, you confess and then you what? Celebrate. Celebrate what Jesus has done for you. That you don't have to sacrifice anymore. You know that? You know what? If we lived in the Old Testament, you know what you have to do? Everybody go get your lamb. Go get your, your, your sacrifice. And you're going to take it and you're going to slit its throat. And you're going to place it on the altar and watch it bleed. And this is a way to cover up your sin. Not to take care of it. Your sin's not taken care of. It's covered up. But there has been one lamb, one king, that was slain for us ultimately. So that we can walk away forever forgiven. Did you know that, friend? Every single sin you're ever going to commit, past, present, and future, is forgiven. Have you been dealing with sin in the past week? Have you been dabbling in it? Walking in it? Messing around in it? Messing around and doing things that you shouldn't, saying things that you shouldn't, thinking things that you shouldn't. If you have, you're forgiven. Forget about it. It's done away with. Nailed to the cross. So this point at the brass altar, you confess and then you celebrate. Confess and celebrate. Confession also does something else for you. Just a quick note, it sets you free. I'm telling you. Confessing to one another. We're going to get into that later on down the road. But confessing to a brother or to a sister, having somebody you can go to. John had us out there in the desert. We had an Aaron and a Her. We confessed everything to. He 
He says, this person should know so much about you that they could put you in the loony bin because they know you're inside and out. And you know what? When you start confessing things that are deep down dark secrets in your heart, you know what happens? Number one, you're humiliated and you're broken. And there's no more pride in your life because they look at you and see who, who, for who you are and you're set free. I, set free! It's awesome. And we need that. That's one thing that the Catholics got on us, man. They confess. That's why you see people all the time walk into those little confession things because it gets off their heart. As soon as they let that thing go and they tell somebody what happens, they feel free. We need to confess. Number four, the brass laver. Brass laver, L-A-V-E-R. The brass laver, this is number four. This, what this was for, it's a big bowl made out of, of uh, mirrors, this like, it's made out of this shiny material, right? This, you would come in here and the priest would wash their hands in it, okay? But it was made out of kind of like a mirror or a glass, kind of something that would show reflection in it. And so what this was used for is obviously to wash your hands, to cleanse yourself, and then you can go into the, the actual inner, I don't know what you call it, I guess the inner place of the tabernacle. This is outside the inner place. The breath, labor. Ephesians 5 is a great scripture for this. Why? Because we wash ourselves within the word. We are to wash our hands here and be cleansed in the same way. Wash yourself in the word here. This is a point, this is a perp the point of this station here, to stop here, is to think of a scripture, any scripture that comes to your mind. I would rather you think of a scripture than open up your Bible and look for one, but just think of a scripture, one that pops into your mind, and do this. Talk it over with God. Talk the scripture over with the king. Like this. Man doesn't live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Matthew 4.4. 4. Lord, I, I understand that man doesn't live on bread alone. It's not the sandwich that I eat. It's not Subway. It's not cereal in the morning. That's not what I live on. But it's on every word that comes from the mouth of God. It's on every word that comes from you. It's from me reading the word of God. That's what makes me live. It's from talking to you and hearing your voice. That's what I live on, Lord. I understand the scripture. Is there anything else you want to share with me, King? What can you show me? You understand? Talk the scripture over with the King. Spend time with Him. The braised labor, washing your hands in the Word. Put one verse in your mind and talk it over with the King. Number five, it's the table of showbread. The table of showbread. The table of showbread this is a place where obviously we can go for our needs. Our needs. The things that are going on in life. The table of showbread. Lifting up your problems and situations in life. You have not because you ask not. Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be opened. Would a father, if a child asked for some bread, would a father ever give him a stone? No. If he asked for a fish, would he give him a serpent? No. How much more does your heavenly father want to give to you good gifts? And God wants to give you these good gifts. God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. 
I believe that's Philippians 4.13, I think, correct? You write that down. The table of showbread, your needs that you can lift up to the Lord at this point. Number six. Number six is the golden candlestick. There's a golden candlestick there within the altar. Or within the tabernacle, I'm sorry. The golden candlesticks, Romans, I mean Revelation chapter 7. Talks about the candlesticks being the churches, of course. The seven churches. And we are to pray for ministries here. Ministries, other people's ministries, your ministry, whatever's going on. Ministries in general. Pray for your church. Pray for people that you know are in ministry. Pray for guidance and direction. Pray for ministries everywhere. We are the light of the world. We are the candlestick of this, of this world. And so may we do that and pray for the ministry to be exalted and lifted up so that Jesus can be seen. Number six, the golden candlestick, that's to pray for ministries. Number seven, the altar of incense. The altar of incense, number seven. I'm sorry, that last one is not Revelation chapter seven. I'm sorry, I don't have the reference there. That's not correct. But this next one, I don't know, I don't have reference for the golden candlestick, but we are to pray for the ministries there. I believe it's Romans chapter four. I mean Romans, Revelation chapter four, but I'm not I can't be dogmatic about that. But number seven is the altar of incense. Revelation chapter eight, it's verses three and four. The altar of incense. Interceding for people, intercession for people, praying for your friends, your family members, people that are going through stuff that you know about. Lifting up anybody and everybody you can think of. Do you understand? It's a great opportunity. Pray for people by name. Pray for your family members, your friends, your enemies. When you pray for your enemies, your heart changes. I love that. So pray for them. The altar of incense, interceding for people. Praying for people. And number eight, and final the Ark of the Covenant. It's the Ark of the Covenant. Remember the Ten Commandments are in there and Aaron's or Moses' staff was in there. And the Shekinah glory, the Kabod, the presence of God dwelt within this place right here in the Holy of Holies. Only once a year on the Day of Atonement, on Yom Kippur, could somebody come in there. And remember, they would have to tie a rope around the priest's ankle with a bell attached to it. Want to know why? Because if he went in there and he wasn't clean, then the priest would be killed. If he went in there and he had sin on his hands, so he would shake the bell. And he would walk into the Holy of Holies, and God would either strike him dead or let him go free, and he would offer up the sacrifice unto the king. Once a year, Yom Kippur. And of course, I don't believe we see anybody ever struck dead. Because why? God is gracious. But they would tie a rope to him with a bell attached. In case he was struck dead, they'd pull him out with the rope. (laughs) But this, the Ark of the Covenant, the Holy of Holies, is the place where you worship the King. At the end of your prayer time, you praise the Lord for all He has done. You worship Him for the time spent with Him. Sing songs unto Him. 
sing songs in Him. Sing your favorite worship song. Sing everything that you got. Make up a song. I do it all the time. I love it. Go off and praise Him. I'm telling you, friend, when you praise the Lord, when nobody else is around, something happens. Either you're singing to Jesus or you're babbling to yourself. And that's what you're created to do. And when you do that, you walk away blessed. Do you understand? And so I, pray, I give this to you. Now, ask me a couple more notes just to pray out loud, always, with your mouth. Articulate words. Pray with your mouth. Is it okay to pray with your mind? Yeah. But when you pray with your mouth, you have to articulate. You can't lose focus. If you do, then you feel weird. And you can't say repeti- you know, repetitious stuff over and over and over, repetition of your words, just being cliche-ish, as we hear all the time when we pray. Like if I was talking to you, would I just keep saying the same thing over and over and over? That doesn't make any sense. But that you would talk to God. I'm telling you, when you talk out loud, you stay focused. You really do. It may feel weird. And maybe that's not for you. I'm sorry. I don't mean to push that on anybody in here. That's for me. That works for me and it's wonderful for me. So you try it out and talk to God as Moses did on that mountain. Forty days he spent with the king. I wonder how many tabernacles he prayed through. But the reason why I give this to you is because I believe, friend, that when we pray through... You know, my plan was to pray through the tabernacles tonight with you guys, but we don't have time for that. We do have time for that, but I don't want to keep you guys. So... Praying through the tabernacle, I give this and I impart this to you so that you would use it because I know you're going to be blessed. I promise you. But you have to take action. You have to spend time with the Lord. Do you have to pray through the tabernacle? No. Are you going to be blessed if you don't? Yeah. Are you going to be blessed if you do? Yeah. Take advantage of it. You'll be so extremely blessed. I, I love this small group. I love this. You know what my vision is? You know what I see? I just want us right here. Family, you guys, please. I want even just, I know if this small group right here, if we were just full blast for Jesus, everything that we had, and I don't care if anyone else ever comes to this study. It's not what it's about. If we right here were just these Jesus freaks, man, just nuts for the King, spending time with Him daily, walking and talking with Him. I'm telling you, we could impact this riverside place like nobody could. It'd be nuts. You imagine if we all went full blast into the the little groups of friends that we have and the people that we hang out with and our family and we were just for Jesus. And it wasn't serving or doing this or doing that, but it was just Jesus just hanging out with them. You know how liberated and freed you would be in each day? You know how much we could get accomplished? Who cares about a building? Who cares about what band's playing? Who cares about where I'm serving and what I'm doing? It's about Jesus and what He's done for us. And I know within my heart, guys, that if you could just see, and me too, the, that we, if we could just see what the Lord has done for us, we would be nuts. And the more that we do see His goodness, we will be nuts for Him. And I ask that you would be that with me. 
And that we be an army that serves the King. Just a small battalion, hear us together. That prays together and loves on one another. That Jesus, our King, could be lifted up and glorified. Don't you want Him to get what He deserves? Don't you want His flag to be raised up high and, and, and flown in front of everybody? Don't you want everybody to see how good and wonderful He is? I'm sick of people saying that God's a big meanie in the sky who just wants to spoil all the fun. He is the party. He is joy. He created the thing called joy and happiness. And I want everybody to see that and know that. And let it be through us. And the only way to do that is to spend time with Him and get to know Him and who He is so we can tell everybody that they can be happy too. Aren't you bummed that we get to be happy and nobody else does? I'm sick of it, Lord. Take my happiness that they may be filled. Take half of it. Take 75%. Whatever it takes. I just want that man to be happy. I'm sick of the enemy ripping him off and thinking that drinking a bunch of vodka is going to make him happy. He goes to bed depressed at night and cries himself to sleep. He goes and has sex so that because he thinks it feels good and satisfies him so that he can be happy. And then gets the girl pregnant and just is bummed out in life. He goes to work every day or she goes to work every day just bummed out and down, not able to rejoice in anything. Please. Please. Let's raise that flag. Let's lift up Jesus. He's good, isn't he? Hasn't he been good? Hasn't the Lord been good to us? Hasn't the Lord been good? Done all the things that He said He would. Hasn't the Lord been good? So love God, hate sin, reckon the old man dead. Love God, hate sin, and by the Spirit be led. Oh, hasn't the Lord been good to us? Hasn't the Lord been good? Done all the things that He said He would. Hasn't the Lord been good? So love God, hate sin, reckon the old man dead. And love God, hate sin, and by the Spirit be led. May we do that. So love God and hate sin. I will hate sin because it rips my buddies off and it makes them sad. And I'm sick of it. And me too. Sin, get out. Jesus, get in. And so let's do that, huh? Let's walk away tonight with our fists raised in the air at victory. Let's walk away tonight praising the King. Nobody's going to... Who? Who? Nobody's going to get me down. For I have Jesus within my heart. And if somebody is getting me down, then you know what? I'm going to go pray. If something is happening, I'm going to talk to the King. And watch myself be filled immediately. Okay? I love you guys. And I want you to be stoked. There's only one definition about a Christian. That's somebody who's bananas about Jesus. It's like when you first fall in love with somebody, you can't stop talking about them. Susie likes this and she likes that. and Jesus likes this and he likes that. He's a good king. 
So let's worship Him tonight. Let's walk away blessed. My prayer is that you guys would be. Please take advantage. Tomorrow when you wake up, guess what? you got a great opportunity to bless the King. you got a great opportunity to walk with Him and talk with Him. Me too. I'm stoked. Can't wait to see what the Lord's going to do tomorrow. Am I going to the gym again to go and talk to it? I don't know. Whatever you would have, Lord, I'm available and ready. I want to set some people off and set them free and get them happy. I'm sick of being happy. I want others to be. Amen? I love you guys. Let me close with some prayer. Huh? Lord, oh Jesus, we come to you right now in prayer. Lord, what we've been talking about, you, the one who has created communication with us. And here we are. Here we are. Thank you for all you've done. We truly thank you, God. We thank you for all you've done. You've been a gracious king. You've been good to us, Lord. I thank you for meeting with us here. Please, God, would you take the things that we've said tonight and would you hide them in our hearts? Would we know you and take this tabernacle, Lord, and just pray through it and walk into the Holy Holies with you every day? Lord, would our prayer life and our time with you be all day long, not just early in the morning or when we eat lunch, Lord, but all day, every day, anybody we can pray for, Lord. May we start a prayer fest for you, King, that we just all start hanging out with you more than ever. And if we don't, forgiven. Thank you for forgiving us. We celebrate that. We thank you for all you've done. I lift this group into your hands and pray, God, that we would be disciples that would run after you all of our days and be Jesus' people, and that's it. Not a church name, not a name at all, but just Jesus' people. Just people who love you, King, and want to hang out with you and spend time with you and talk about you and praise you and help others. And that's who we are. Thank you for making us that. Thank you that you're walking away with us tonight. Thank you that you hold our hand and we don't have to let go. Handcuff us to you, Jesus. Don't let us go anywhere. We need you, King. Go before us tonight, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.